Welcome to Gay Homework. I'm your host, Brick Olson, and this is my extra super-duper special guest, Derek Fearon, my own boyfriend. Hi, Derek. Hi there. Today, we are going to be tackling um, one of our favorite subjects, Fire Island, ye old gay enclave. So let's dive right in. Uh, would you like to explain sort of the layout of Fire Island for us and the location? Sure. So Fire Island is a 32 mile long sandbar that runs parallel to the south shore of Long Island, which is in the northeast of the United States. Uh, on the sandbar, which is only a half mile wide, there are 18 different beach communities. Two of those 18 are historically gay beach communities. Uh, they're called Cherry Grove, and they're called the Fire Island Pines. Great, so uh, Cherry Grove and the Fire Island Pines. Fire Island that associates itself with the gay community because of the Fire Island Pines, being one of the two gay communities on the island, has the name Fire Island in it. And so when people hear Fire Island, they think about the Pines. Cool. Now let's talk a little bit about the history. In the 1940s, the LGBT community, uh, the queer community in New York, really needed a place two and a half hours outside of Manhattan. The, the community that established out there, it was called Cherry Grove because of a naturally occurring crop of cherry trees that was out there on the island. It was a community for friends and, and like-minded LGBT people and allies, and those allies' families, to have a safe place. Uh, when a lot of these people were theater actors and their, uh, their shows were no longer in season and they would go out there or they would spend the summer out there. Actors, writers, playwrights, um, journalists, and they would uh, leave their lives behind them in the city and they would spend the summers out there uh, throwing dinner parties, throwing costume parties, putting on plays in a playhouse that they erected out there called the Cherry Grove Community House and Theater, finding lovers, starting relationships, and starting families. We've been fortunate enough to see some, some early footage of Cherry Grove, which uh, includes families, right, with young children that that's were out there. That's correct. The earliest documented footage on Cherry Grove, and some, I'm sure some of the earliest documented footage of Fire Island in general, is from the year 1947. It was shot by a filmmaker named Mary Ronan. We don't know too much about Mary Ronan, but she shot this footage, and in the hour of uh, eight millimeter footage that she shot up there in 1947, one of the most notable scenes includes a baby parade where parents and young toddlers are in costume, young and old alike, doing a parade down the boardwalk. The entire island is only a half mile wide, and so there's no roads, there's only elevated boardwalks that connect uh, all of the houses in a, uh, a grid neighborhood pattern. There's bayfront properties and oceanfront properties, and one of the most notable properties on the bay is this elaborate, expansive, palatial structure <laughs> called the Belvedere Guesthouse for Men. And the Belvedere Guesthouse for Men was uh, built, I believe, in the 1980s parentheses question mark by hand by, by hand by hand each de it's all hand detailed it's really a work of art it's it, it's really a sight to behold i would recommend googling belvedere guest house for men now you know the, as the name implies 
It is a men-only hotel, which is kind of a little bit of an antiquated concept, in my opinion. But I think the rationale behind it is that you know, there's the, the culture on Fire Island was before gay liberation, before same-sex marriage, before um, the you know liberties and equalities that we take for granted today, these communities were a, a respite uh, for gay men to connect with one another. And Cherry Grove is also a historically lesbian community as well, but this establishment was erected, pardon my French, <laughs> but it was erected to be a kind of a safe space for these men to link up. Before uh, such a place existed, you know, there is there, there was this kind of lover's lane adjacent to the grove called the Meat Rack, which is really just a grove of, like, pine needle trees where Fire Island Pines gets its name. Pine needle trees? I think it's just pine trees. No, there, well, I mean, but I just want to stress for the listener, you know, these are these twisting, winding, needly thrush bushes that are really kind of uncomfortable to be around. It's almost like the scene in Snow White where she runs into the forest and she's overwhelmed by the dark, craggly, twisting, (laughs) malicious trees. This is the meat rack. And it was this gay lover's lane. Uh, for decades, delightful. For decades and decades and decades. Now, fun fact about the foliage in the meat rack and on Fire Island in general: the legend is that a ship, a barge carrying Christmas and holly trees, some point in the late 19th century, ran aground on the sandbar, and it is from that shipwreck that the holly and pine trees on the island uh, have grown from. <laughs> my god so it's christmas island it's christmas island it certainly feels like christmas when you arrive on that ferry let's talk about one of the uh most famed days on fire island every summer and it's called the invasion of the pines well before i tell you about the invasion of the pines we have to talk about the pines Great. So, you know, there's these two gay communities and you can see it when you go that Cherry Grove is kind of this more quaint and cute ramshackle kind of assortment of textures and colors, very vibrant and uh, eclectic. Eclectic is a great word to to use for, for Cherry Grove aesthetics. Pines, it's monumental. The properties are these lavish, um, feats of architecture, really ambitious design. Yeah, um, Klein has a house out there, right? Unapologetic. Well, without, you know, naming specific residents, because in the spirit of, of the Fire Island, in the spirit of the Fire Island communities, this is a place of privacy. And I think it may be less important, I think, for our generation, but the tradition out there really was to escape from New York and to just bring a lover and close the door, and no one was going to bother you for two and a half months. No one was going to know where you were. You basically left the planet. And that's what Fire Island was all about. And so you see that in the pines. You see that these just gorgeous monuments to interior and and, uh, architectural design are a, a striking contrast to both the kind of natural overgrowth of the meat rack and the ramshackle eclectic beauty of Cherry Grove. And so there's a lot of character out there. You really go through a tour of gay history when you're there. Now, John White. 
John White owned all of the properties on the marina in Fire Island Pines. And basically, after he had uh, claimed ownership of all of them, it slowly from the 1960s to the 1980s transformed uh, the Pines into a the second gay community. And so that's why I would say Cherry Grove has been a gay community for, or a queer community for um, about, I would say, 80 years. And the Fire Island Pines has been a gay community for about 30 to 50 years. Now the invasion. Let's talk about the invasion of the Pines. The invasion of the Pines. So... The year is 1976. We're still in the transition of the Pines going from traditional family community to the second queer community. We're in flux here. There is a restaurant that John White does not yet own, and it's a family restaurant. And of course, the restaurant is aware, look, we're one of the last properties that isn't, uh, you know, being taken over. A drag queen named Terry Warren embarks on a simple water taxi ride, about five minute small boat ride from Cherry Grove to Fire Island Pines. She's going to uh, get dinner at this restaurant. This non-gay restaurant. Non-gay restaurant. She arrives, she's in drag, and the maitre d' or the restaurant owner tells her uh, upon her arrival, Terry Warren, we can't serve you your kind here. We can't serve your kind, Terry Warren. You can't have dinner here and drag. It's going to become a disruption. So, okay. Terry Warren boards the water taxi and returns to Cherry Grove. Upon returning to Cherry Grove, she tells her colleagues, among whom are uh, a drag queen by the name of Rose Levine and a drag queen by the name of Pansy, tells them that this restaurant has denied her entry. They summon the wrath of all of the drag queens in Cherry Grove. Oh boy. So I would say, I mean, look, the year is 1976. It's like a Thursday night. So, I mean, I guess that's maybe like 12. (laughs) Who like... Still terrifying. Who like could could like muster the energy to like put on some makeup and heels and throw on a wig. I'm sure despite any last minute planning, they board a water taxi back to the Fire Island Pines disembark and wreak havoc on the uh, main plazas in the Marina of the Pines. Now, when you say wreak havoc, you don't mean like it's not the second Stonewall riot. It is not the second Stonewall riot because, as I mentioned before, the community is in transition. These people are not hateful in the Pines. I think it was just a little bit more buttoned up, but when everyone arrived, it was really received all in good fun with exuberance and it turned into just a big street party. Now that ended up as the tradition of the invasion. Did it happen on July 4th? Did it happen on maybe July 5th or 6th or 7th? Who's gonna know? No one remembers a thing. But every year on July 4th, what happens? Not just all the drag queens in Cherry Grove, but drag queens from Long Island, from Brooklyn, from Manhattan, the Bronx, from all over the world will descend on Cherry Grove. They'll get ready in the green room of the Ice Palace. Uh, Which is a, a bar venue on in Cherry Grove. Yeah, been around for decades. 
they will then not, I mean, they're too big for a water taxi. Now they'll board a giant ferry. It'll be 250 drag queens piled high on a ferry. We have photos of the uh, of this year's ferry up on um, up on our Instagram feed, which is Gay Homework, um, and the photos were taken by our friend Stu. It's really a sight to behold. Uh, I mean, so much color, especially when it's beautiful weather, which we've had for I think a few years in a row, save for one. Um, but I mean, in the sun, the gleaming sunlight, just this boat piled high with glitter sequins, wigs, and makeup. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's, it, it's really ridiculous. They uh, will parade through the plaza of the Grove. In the best way, ridiculous. In the best way. And then board the ferry, take the ferry uh, the 10 minutes down to the Fire Island Pines, arrive with, uh, to great fanfare, and a celebration will ensue that I like to describe as kind of a hybrid between uh, Halloween, Mardi Gras, and the 4th of July. Yeah, wow, that's great. Because it, there's so many things happening at once. There's kind of just like costume and performance that's not just limited to drag, mind you. This is political costume. It's current events drag. It's uh, drag kings and drag queens. And leather. It's leathermans and... Um, all kinds of different uh, subgroups that want to have their own place in uh, in the invasion. And I think, you know, of course, it's Mardi Gras Halloween and the 4th of July, but it's also gay pride. You know, July 4th is, you know, but a week past the 28th, 29th of uh, June, which is the last weekend in June, which is uh, typically when gay pride is held in New York City. And so uh, in the area, the spirit of gay pride of lgbtq pride is still really riding high with everyone and so the timing really couldn't be better when they arrive uh, pansy who is one of the original queens who invaded in 1976 pansy uh pansy and rose levine are still around pansy will then kind of become the mistress of ceremonies and announce each uh individual queen or king or being, or groups, because group costumes are also permitted, uh, and they'll individually parade down a red carpet that is laid out on the boardwalk, and uh, there will be this grand runway show as each uh, individual or group disembarks the ferry, which takes hours. <laughs> hours of fun and glitter. Uh, I mean, and not, you know, it, it has to be mentioned as well, when this boat arrives in the Pines, it is hundreds of onlookers. And it's not just people who are summering out there in the Pines or staying the weekend. It is tons of day trippers from the Tri-State area who pour onto the Fire Island ferries the night before and that morning in order to get a glimpse of some of these costumes. It is really a grand spectacle to rival uh, Gay Pride in Manhattan. It really is. I mean, there's a real intersection of age groups that you see happen at the invasion because there are these older queens who have been around since the 60s and earlier fighting for our rights, uh, whether that be through costume and performance uh, in a fun-spirited way like the invasion or through activism and entrepreneurship. And that is uh, directly intersecting with these young people 
who are just learning about gay culture, who are just learning about queer icons and queer history. And a lot of them are coming into the invasion just as fans of RuPaul's Drag Race who have very little exposure and are learning so much at once on the 4th of July. And I think that, you know, in our country right now, it's so important for our community to um, really feel our patriotism. And the 4th of July invasion on Fire Island is the best possible example of uh, people of all stripes in the queer community finding their own American patriotism through love of life and excitement. Can I get an amen? I would add an addendum that's maybe an environmental addendum, which is, you know, in the age of climate change and rising oceans, Fire Island before the end of the 21st century may be completely underwater just because of rising oceans. And I think it's important for our generation as perhaps the last or second to last generation of uh, queer people on this planet to find Fire Island as a refuge, really go out there and uh, have as much fun and engagement there as you possibly can. Because I think by the time all of us have uh, little queer uh, grandchildren and great-grandchildren, there might not be a Fire Island. And I think that it's important that we participate in that history uh, before it's history. Sage advice from my eloquent boyfriend, Derek Fearon. Thanks so much, Derek. Thanks for having me, Brick. So we're going to be posting photos and uh, other quotes and things like that on our social. Uh, so you can check us out on Instagram or on Twitter. Uh, the handle is at Gay Homework. Uh, and if you have any questions or if there's any corrections that you feel you want to add in, uh, go ahead and shoot us an email at doyourgayhomework at gmail.com. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Bye.